One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You probably could be my kid, actually. Yeah, actually, you and Field Yates. You guys, uh, you guys are, you know, uh, they always put me, it's annoying. Like, you know, NBC keeps putting me with these, like, young, good-looking guys that don't seem to age. It's, uh, whoever, I, whoever I'm working for, ESPN did it, and now NBC's doing it. It's annoying. Give me, I, I got to, I'm trying, trying to get I gotta, you know, I got no, to go to AMC or something like that. Where's the, you know, <laughs> the like, History Channel? Yeah, the History Channel. Yeah, That's, yeah you can tell the history yeah, of fantasy exactly. football. There you go. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Like, call my agent. Yeah, be rude. Get my agent on the phone. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers, joined by Jake Croucher, and of course, the man who has not left us for the History Channel just yet, Matthew Berry. There was not a lot of interest. Can't <laughs> oh, you, just, you yeah. did put in the agent call. Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. They, and they just basically said, like, well, can you appear on Pawn Stars? And I said, not really. And they're like, then no. Because I think that's really, that's only on the history. Anytime I've tuned over to the that's History Channel, it's just Pawn Stars. Yeah. It's just, it's literally just nothing but Pawn Stars over and over and over again. Well, I got good so, news for you. Yes. If you do go, we found you a co-host for the History Channel. Let's okay. Take a look right here. Yeah, we've been working behind the oh, scenes. Oh, no. Yep, there it is. Oh, wow. Look at this duo. History awaits. Wow. You guys are cruel. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> yeah. You guys are really cruel. This Dog is a century right here. This is yeah. maybe the first day ever it's not been nice to be grouped with Tom Brady. No, no. Like exactly this is the right. idea of Tom yeah, Brady. I don't know that Drew Brees is loving this picture either, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, well, what a, a ton of news, right? Like, of news. We got up the air yesterday and then, like, it just all hell broke loose. It's a waterfall. So, a lot, yeah, lots of stuff to get to. By the way, coming up later today in the show, Connor. Fantasy football royalty Austin Eckler joins us here on yes. the happy hour. RB1. So, uh, so yes, it'd be really good. RB1 in your hearts, RB1 in the fantasy pages. Yes. And the most fantasy-friendly NFL player of Absolutely. any of them yep. as well. Like, has truly embraced it, plays it. He's awesome. So, can't wait to talk with Austin Eckler later in the show. But, uh, Connor, let's get into it here. Yeah, right? let's get right to the Roto World headlines because, as very into that, there are tons of them and no bigger to start with than... Jamar Chase with the hip injury expected to be sidelined for four to six weeks. This feels like a why little. Can't we out have of nice things. You can. We cannot Connor, have nice why things. Can I, why can't we have nice things? This sucks. It does. It's a tough Brutal. one. It's not great. Good for Tyler Boyd. Managers. That's about it. That's the biggest bump. Yeah, I mean, so Tyler Boyd. You know, look. So far this year, he's had the the most scrimmage yards from the slot, the fifth most targets from the slot. Obviously, coming off the big week uh, last week in, in week seven when he when he went eight for one fifty five and look, this is a pass happy team. I mean, the Bengals have after you know kind of going sort of run heavy early in the year and trying to force Joe Mixon down their, everyone's throats. They've really opened it up for Joe Burrow. 
here. And so with the expectation that's the news coming out that they're going to move Boyd all over, he's not just going to be a slot guy. They'll play him on the outside as well. You'll see some Mike Thomas as well. But, you know, Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst get a bump here. T. Higgins was already locked in wide receiver one. Now he's more of a top five guy than a top ten guy. But this is uh, good news for, you know, there's a lot of targets to go around with Jamar Chase out. Yeah, there are. And I don't think this is skies falling stuff for Cincinnati either because they do have that depth. This isn't like Cooper Cup going down or Justin Jefferson for their teams. And the next four weeks, the next four games, Cleveland, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Tennessee with a bye in there as well. That's pretty friendly. So I think that Joe Burrow, for instance, he'll be fine. Yeah, a 27% target share for Jamar Chase now up for grabs. And our expectation here is that Boyd, Hurst, and I guess some Mike Thomas. We'll see if he's worth... You know the other Mike Thomas, the if you will, if he's worth, uh, if he's worth picking show. up. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Boyd's. I don't believe Boyd is 100% rostered, um, and, and so he's he's mostly rostered. And obviously, when the news came out, he got picked up a lot. But if for some reason he's somehow out there in your league, obviously picked him up. But yeah, we, I think you know uh, Boyd comes in for me this week at wide receiver 25. So you know, which is much higher than I've normally had him. How about Hayden Hurst? Does this do anything for Hayden Hurst in terms of targets, or do you think it just funnels to all the wide receivers besides, obviously, Chase? No, I mean, Hurst has had a nice year, and certainly, again, they're going to be past him. He's going to be out on the field quite a bit. He comes in at number eight for me this week. They play the Monday night game against the Browns, so I have Hurst as a top eight fantasy tight end. You see it there on your screen with Boyd at 25. Higgins comes in at wide receiver seven. Burrow still a top five play for me to Jay's point there. And, of course, Mixon comes in at RB8. Yeah, Mixon is the one I think you might benefit the most because Zach Taylor, in deep in his soul, he Looking just wants to run the ball. And against that Cleveland defense, they can't defend the run. He's definitely got some Arthur Smith in him, yeah. Zach Taylor. Oh, yes. I don't care. Heavy I'm going to run Arthur the ball. Arthur Smith quotient. Yeah, yeah the yeah. ghost of Hugh Jackson. Yeah. 1,000%. Establish it above Establish all else. Establish it above all else. Besides Jamar Chase, many impact players that have uh, not practiced this week, guys. Let's take a look at those. And I think we have to start with Debo Samuel, who... Was not seen at practice Thursday. I think we're starting to trend with that hamstring injury that Debo Samuel could be down this weekend. Obviously, he's not the only one on a pretty long list. By the way, just before, as we're looking here at the screen, it, we can get into it a little bit later, but Ezekiel Elliott officially ruled out uh, as we just hit the air as well. Got the alert from the Fantasy Life app. Also, not pictured here, but Chuba Hubbard has officially been ruled out as well. So we'll talk about those situations, the running back situations in Dallas and Carolina. But let's start with Debo Samuel here, guys. And Brandon Ayuk becomes pretty interesting here, right? He's now had back-to-back games with 11 targets, right? A 28% target share over the last two weeks. We know there's a connection between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk, Jay. So... What are we thinking about Ayuk, especially if Debo is out or at least somewhat limited? Yeah, I think he's basically must start. Like you said, 22 targets the past two weeks. He's the favorite red zone target for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, And look, I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game between the Niners and the Rams, but you wouldn't expect it to be a 13-10 type of game either. And so I think that CMC, first full game, that will take away a little bit from the passing game, but that's probably mitigated by Debo likely being out. So I think Ayuk is must-start. And look, everyone's starting George Kittle anyway, but George Kittle even becomes more of a must-start. Yeah, and I do think you see Chris McCaffrey have a really heavy workload here. A lot of, Some of the stuff they might have used Debo for, some of the... Uh, manufactured so touches. Manufa- thank yeah, you. Reverses, manufactured touches, the reverses, yep. the, you know, 
um, that I think those go to CMC or, you know, other guys. So, you know, Ayuk will be in there as well. But, yeah, suddenly uh, Ayuk looking up. He comes in at wide receiver 24 for me this week. And if Debo's officially ruled out, might go a little bit higher. Yep. As we saw and said, Ezekiel Elliott is officially ruled out. He was not playing week eight with the knee injury. I mean, that leads us to the question, how high does Tony Pollard climb now with Zeke down? Everybody's been clamoring for more touches for Pollard. Now they get what they wish for just in a way where you lose Zeke. Yeah, I think he probably, to, to me, right now, I currently have him at RB16, but that was with the idea that Ezekiel Elliott might play. Uh, I'm going to move him up here. I think he probably gets into the, uh, you know, borderline top 10-ish for me. Like, I think I would move uh, Tony Pollard, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at it. Like, he's in that Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary Travis Etienne range for me, which, uh, you know, so uh, you certainly, you love the matchup uh, at home against the Chicago Bears, who are bottom 10 against the run over the last uh, four weeks. So, yeah, to me, I'm just sitting here looking at my rankings here. I think I would move him just ahead. Boy, yeah, I mean, I'd move him ahead of Etienne. I have Etienne at 12, and he's playing the Broncos, so I'd move him ahead of Etienne, probably ahead of Damian Pierce as well against the Titans. So, yeah, I, Pollard comes in at probably like 10 or 11 for me this week. Absolutely must start. Yep. Jay, dare I ask, is the Cowboys offense even a little scarier with the idea of Pollard being involved much more heavily? I think so. I mean, yeah. the line doesn't move at all okay. with Ezekiel Elliott going out. And there is, There will be some smart people out there that argue that this is good for the Cowboys in a way. I don't think it necessarily is because you want both of them and the ability to have protection against one going down in game. But Pollard is an explosive and elite back when he gets the ball. They're... The Cowboys are a 10-point favorite at home against the Bears, so expect that they'll be running. And so Pollard's an RB1. Yeah, and by the way, Deontay Foreman, who had the big game last week, Carolina uh, facing the Falcons this week. Falcons are a pretty good run defense, but just the volume that we expect Deontay Foreman to get with Chuba Hubbard out, I think Deontay Foreman, who I currently have at 28, and I think he'll move up a little bit, I think he becomes, you know, a viable RB2 this week. Let's get into Thursday night football. Yes, there was football played last night despite all this injury news. The Ravens beat the Bucks 27-22. Bucks offense, while the numbers are not hideous, did not really look right throughout this game, guys. Levante David uh, from the Bucks defense, of course, on the loss after the game. It ain't no more looking in the mirror. You've got to dig in your soul and pull one out. Whatever you think you're doing, it ain't it. We've got to find a way to get better some way, somehow. Too bad. Do you think they could dig out of this? Doesn't look good. It does not look good. They they were bad. By the way, I'm not convinced Todd Bowles is a great coach. I think he's a really good defensive coordinator, but I'm not convinced he's a great head coach. Like, they look undisciplined. They look unorganized. They just, you know, I think the offense misses Bruce Arians. That much is clear as well. Like, I, this is... I don't know if they can dig their way out of this. What I can tell you is that for those of us who play fantasy football, I think the players you care about, the Mike Evans, the Chris Godwins, Leonard Fournette to an extent, we'll talk about all of them, but I think they'll continue to have value. Yeah, I think with Brady, his demise is it's a little premature. Like, Brady is fine because he's not Tom Brady from last year where he was favorite for MVP for much of the season. Look at his past three games. Obviously not very good against the Steelers or Panthers. Uh, not putting up huge production. Also, just not getting the yards per attempt. He's throwing it a ton and just not getting the yards. Last night, not great either, but at least he did you know, have the touchdown, no picks. And he does put up 17 fantasy points. So I, mean, I think Brady's like, the, he's like the 
14th best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, a little bit higher. I mean, listen, you think about that Panthers game. Mike Evans catches that touchdown. You know, it's a different scenario. Last night, he did throw a second touchdown. He threw a touchdown pass to Kate Otten. It gets called back due to the holding penalty. Looked like he would have had a touchdown pass to Chris Godwin, but uh, there's a false start on Leonard Fournette. And there were a number of times because I took Mike Evans' anytime touchdown, so I'm watching this very closely. There were a number of times where Mike Evans was open in the end zone, and they just couldn't connect, and Brady was off. And that's, that's I think, part of it is that Tom Brady, who is so accurate, doesn't seem as accurate as he has been in the past. If we, as we see some footage go. here of Tom Brady just, like, missing his guys. Like, it's weird, right? They're having to do a lot more um, – you know, there's one, right? I mean, Evans was wide open in the end zone yep. right there and just a, nor- a a lower pass, and that's seven. A- and so, you know, he's just here. The ball, deep ball to Evans also gets underthrown as well. Just, like, just inaccurate. Like, not on the same page with his guys as well. Not shown in this highlights package that we're sitting here watching is the fact that he was also dumping off a lot. Like, yep. you know, there were a lot. It just felt like... They weren't being nearly as aggressive downfield. A lot of those passes, and you sort of see why, because when they were being aggressive downfield, for the most part, they were ineffective. They hit a couple of big ones with Godwin and Evans, but for the most part, like, you're right. He just doesn't look like Tom Brady. Like, he doesn't look like the guy that you're scared of. No, he doesn't. And it's not just the deep ball. There's some velocity that clearly looks like it's missing. It's that he's he's short-hopping these third and eight passes, which is just stuff that Tom Brady doesn't do. And obviously there's a lot going on there, and who knows. But still, I think the concern coming into the season on the Bucks was the offensive line. Offensive line is fine. They are protecting him. Evans and Godwin are healthy. I think Brady should figure it out a little bit as the season goes on. So I still think you're starting Tom Brady each week, unless for some reason you know you have... Uh, you happen to pick up Geno Smith, and he's got an amazing nah. matchup. That time I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not dropping him, but I don't think he. I've, I've moved him out of must-start territory. Through eight weeks, he's got nine touchdowns. I mean, last year he had nine touchdowns in the first two games, and they play the Rams next. Like you don't feel good about that. They'll have ten days to prepare, but you know, there's a report out this morning that um, uh, they've filed for divorce, and that, that Tom and you know, and I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't want to get into the man's personal yeah, life. They both announced it, right? They both him and Giselle, right? Yeah. So they they. But my point is, the, the only reason I bring that up is I, I don't want to speculate on a man's personal life or hers or, like, you know, as somebody who's gone through divorce myself. Like, you just, like, it's, you know, it's, it's awful. Uh, what I would say is, is that, but there's going to be, because they are such a public couple, because they are such, there's going to be even more distractions over the next 10 days with this news than there has been, than there would be for a normal football player who's struggling a little bit. I think with, with Brady, I think that's still the thing to hold on to is that they still are throwing a lot. He's had 42 pass attempts or more in five straight games, so you're still going to get that volume, which I think gives you a bit of a flaw. And, and like I said, like, again, this is, we are looking at a year in which quarterback fantasy play is more or less depressed. You know, there's, a, there's the Mahomes, the Allens, the Jalen Hurts of the world, Lamar. But for the most part, it's, you know, Herbert hasn't been Herbert. Russ Wilson yeah. hasn't been Russell Wilson. Like, you know, like Rogers, Stafford, Rogers, Stafford Dak hasn't done yep. anything that makes you, you know, stand up and take notice yet. So my point is, is like 17 fantasy points and should have been more last night. Like, you know, it's just right. He ain't the guy. He ain't the top three fantasy quarterback that we had last year. But like, is he usable? Yes. But he's just not like he's no longer for me, no longer must start. But so few quarterbacks these days are, including the guy he'll face next. Matthew Stafford's not must-start anymore. No, not at all. Jay, you mentioned how much they're throwing. With that 
has arrived, less running for Leonard Fournette, less usage. I mean, second straight game with less than 10 rushes. His last two games, eight rushes for 19 yards. This game, nine for 24. Concern level with that with Fournette as this offense kind of goes the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of concern. I think the game script is a huge part of it. Last night, Fournette got the first carry on the first play of the second half and then never carried the ball again. Like, and because just because they were down and they had a drive with Rashad White. So I think you're concerned, but I do think he has something of a flaw just because he still is Leonard Fournette. He still does get the receiving game usage, which gave you an extra six points or so last night. So I still think you're starting Leonard Fournette. It's just that he's not the RB1 locked in that he could yeah, have Yeah, he's more of a touchdown-dependent RB2. But again, four touchdowns in the last four games, he's getting, you know, they like giving it to him when they're in close. So I think you're still starting Leonard Fournette. But yes, I would lower... I think his overall value is lower than it has been recently. Let's talk about the Ravens. Big night for Lamar Jackson. But Rashad, but just last thing before we move to the Ravens, Rashad White remains a must-add. Like, if he's still available in your league somehow, like, he is somebody that would be a top-10 running back if anything happened to Fournette, and they're clearly increasing his role week after week. Yep. With the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, two touchdowns through the air. He had over 40 rushing yards, almost 22 fantasy points. And this was without Mark Andrews for most of the game. Isaiah likely had a huge game, but Lamar, a massive week for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he was the big winner last night. Coming out of the first half, I was texting friends being like, where is the 2019 guy? And then he showed up straight away, which is almost on cue. And then he has that (laughs) 25-yard run, and then he basically just takes over the game. And look, I think there's five guys in the league who can win MVP this year. Lamar Jackson is definitely one of them. Uh, But Matthew... Has there ever been a bigger gap between real-life useful offense and fantasy useful offense than this Baltimore team? Because it's just Lamar Jackson right now, and then Gus Edwards goes down, Mark Andrews is hurt. He does it in the second half with guys like Devin DuVernay, Kenyon Drake, and co. I just don't know what you do fantasy-wise. Demarcus Robinson, nothing, and and that's a great point. Like, again, like, we'll talk about the injuries here in a second, but, um, uh, yeah, there was no one that you, like, you can't, you're probably sitting there watching the game and you're frustrated, but you can't fault yourself like, oh, I wish I'd started Kenyon Drake no. or Demarcus Robinson or Dev. I mean, like, it is. It is like it's just, you know, just a bunch of bunch of randos. But do you uh, stash Isaiah Likely? Oh, thousand percent. Right. So this is somebody that Jay. Th- we talked about Isaiah yeah, Likely in the preseason. We yeah. love him. This guy was a star in the preseason. We thought they would use more two tight end sets. Candidly, I thought Isaiah Likely would be used more than he has been. I have him in every dynasty league except for one. I'm super annoyed about that. Um, Damien, uh, our producer here, <laughs> outbid me in that uh, dynasty league. That's the annoying thing of like playing in fantasy leagues with the guys you do fantasy. Yeah, they figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, they know what you're, the what you're into. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like, so I love Likely, and basically felt like last night he became a one-for-one replacement to Mark Andrews. Right? I mean, like, you were like, yo, yeah, that's the guy that we saw in the preseason. Where's he been this whole time? Right? And ran a route on 69% of his snaps. He played the most snaps of any Ravens pass catcher, right? I mean, 6 for 77 and a touchdown. And look the part, yeah. guys. Yep. If, if Mark Andrews, any week that Mark Andrews misses, Isaiah Likely is like a nailed-on top seven, top eight tight end. And I think, just going back to the rushing attack, I think the most kind of poetic thing about it is that the Ravens carried the ball 33 times last night. They averaged seven yards per carry. You know, fantasy-wise, who was the most productive rusher? It was Devin Duvernay. Because he was the one who got the touchdown, which right. just sums it up. Yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake also got a touchdown, uh, at, you know, a receiving touchdown yeah, receiving. as well. But, yes, I mean, like, 
super frustrating as well, especially for Gus Edwards, who ran the ball well. You know, got 11 touches. He was averaging, uh, you know, almost five yards a carry. But he leaves the game with an injury, as does Mark Andrews. Had a shoulder injury in the second period. We'll talk about Bateman in a second. But after the game, head coach John Harbaugh saying he didn't think it was serious for either Andrews or Edwards. We'll probably learn more today and over the weekend. Worth noting, next week the Ravens play the Saints, and then they're on a bye. And so at 5-3, and three, do they decide to sit Andrews? Because he's been nicked up. Like, he was nicked up last week as well. Do they maybe decide to sit Andrews? If he does, likely, even though it's a tough matchup against the Saints, Saints are really good against opposing tight ends, likely would be a top-10 fantasy tight end if Andrews were to miss in any game that he misses. Yeah, particularly because they won this game and they go to 5-3. and three. On BetMGM, they're minus 250 to win the division now. Obviously, Chase goes down for the Bengals. That helps there. So you would think they might skew conservative, particularly after Andrews did nothing the week prior. And the bottom line is now they have a backup that they feel like they can trust. Yep. I mean, he was great as a blocker last night, so they can keep him on the field for those pass-catching opportunities. Andrew's dealing with upper and lower body injuries. Maybe he does get that breather Just next Just quickly week. on Likely, Connor. Isaiah Likely in college had the highest PFF grade of any tight end in history. What did, did you see this in college? Was he this type of guy? Super productive at Coastal Carolina. The question is, of course, level of competition. He gets to go through the all-star circuit because he was a senior. And the bottom line is he just needed to add weight and become stronger as a blocker. He was a good move blocker in college, but he was a pass-catching tight end, a move tight end. Baltimore gets him in their system. He gets stronger. They're letting him play on the line, off the line, and he looks great. So the potential was always there, and he went to a place that – it's an offense that runs through tight ends. Yep. So it maximizes that potential. Yep. Yeah, hopefully this is, even if Andrews comes back, that they, you know, this is a little bit of a breakout game for Isaiah Likely as their pass catchers have been inconsistent. You know, maybe they, they, and they do like to run two tight end sets quite a bit. Obviously, it's a run-heavy offense. Maybe Likely um, has some deeper league value, even if Andrews is back. Rashad Bateman drives me up a wall. (laughs) You done? Dumpsville? Yeah. 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 By the way, and by the way, if you play on Yahoo, and I hate this rule, but if you do play on Yahoo, it is what it is. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, if you play on Yahoo, you can drop Rashad Bateman. If you didn't start him, but he's just on your bench, drop him. I don't like somebody that. else useful. I hate that too. Yeah. But it is the rule. That's I mean, that's like a free pass. Yeah. 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 Yahoo like allows that. I don't. I don't like that. I think yeah. they should change it. But that is the rule. So Bateman, who played in nine of the first ten snaps of the game, and then once again keeps getting hurt like he's just not getting any looks like they spread it around it's a run heavy offense like no it's also the same foot we're dealing with now this was the foot injury that kept him out and now it's it's coming back that's a little concerning and also even when he was healthy like he had those two bomb touchdowns one the 75 yarder against miami then one against the jets in week one outside of that he's really done nothing only twice in his career with Lamar as his quarterback has he gotten more than four receptions in a game. So you're hanging on to the idea of potential, which has never actually been realized. And at this point, I think there are probably just better options, particularly with guys like, you know, there's probably, is there more upside in Kadarius Toney than Rashad Bateman at this point? Yeah, we talked about Kadarius Toney on the show yesterday. Uh, Connor and I did because that news broke while we were on the air, but you weren't here yesterday. Any quick thoughts on Kadarius Tony to the Chiefs? I think it's a similar situation to Isaiah Pacheco, where you have to pick him up just because of the upside, because he's in an offense with Mahomes, but there's a 90% chance that he's not going to give you what you want, but just for that 10%, you have to pick him up. Yeah, I agree with that take. I'm just not going crazy on it, because again, it's, it is sort of death by a thousand cuts when you face the Chiefs. Yeah. They use so many guys here, similar to Buffalo, right? I mean, 
And we'll talk as we get into the waiver wire show next week, and we'll see about the health of Bateman and everyone else. But, you know, nice games for Devin DuVernay. And I thought Demarcus Robinson looked good. He's good. Just to the, uh, just to the eye test. So nice job there by the Ravens. Whether you can count on them for fantasy production remains to be seen. We'll talk about that. Guess where we're going tomorrow? Going to Buffalo. We're going to Buffalo. Me and you, not Connor. No. <laughs> Connor's got another gig he's got to deal with, but you and I are going to be behind. Jay Croucher, you and I, Michael Smith, and a cast of thousands, literally a cast of thousands, will be live from Highmark Stadium outside the Bills, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock Eastern. Come one, come all, and if you can't see us there in person, watch us on Peacock. The NFL season is here, and the NBC Sports Predictor app is giving you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering Sunday Night 7's free contest between the Packers and the Bills. So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. Week 8, fellas. What's on tap for Week 8? Got to start with the Bears. Justin Fields been a hot topic in the fantasy land after a slow start to the season. Now runs into a Cowboys defense, a stingy, fast Cowboys defense. Jay, do you think Justin Fields will come back down to earth this week against Dallas, or do you think he keeps this ride going? Probably. I was in Chicago yesterday, and let me tell you, no one in Chicago is excited about the Bears. <laughs> wow. Even they came off that win, it's like, no, that was a complete fluke. I'm higher on the Bears than most, I think. I just believe in this defense. I do believe Fields is trending in the right direction. He's getting better each week. And I think with the Cowboys, yes, they have this formidable defense, but it's mainly in the pass game. It's mainly with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. Against the run, they're still good, but they're not as elite. And uh, so maybe the Bears have lucked into this um, situation where, well, you're great at defending the pass. We don't pass anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I do think the Fields will be able to accumulate volume. They're 10-point dogs, so uh, they likely will have to He's be had put 170 in rushing yards over the last two games. Like yeah. Again, you're chased by Micah Parsons. You take off. And yeah. so... Uh, he's just so fast. He comes in at quarterback 12 for me. I don't think it's always going to be pretty, but I do think, like, I do think there's going to be some rushing upside there, there's some, potentially some junk time as well, to your point. Like, uh, the, the Cowboys are, uh, over the last four weeks, the Cowboys are 13th against the run, which is good, but not, yeah. like, you know, dominating either. So, um, yeah, again, I think, I think he's a low-end QB1 this week. I like the Bears to make the playoffs at plus 1,500. It's the NFC. They're half a game back, plus 1,500. Should be half that. Not a bad, yeah, not I a like bad it. debt. Not, not a bad bet. I like it. Okay, the uh, let's talk about their backfield. We know they've gotten de- finally designed runs for Justin Fields, but this backfield is always going to get a heavy workload. The question is, between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, who's it going to be? And, and what is the rankings gap for you, Barry? Yeah, it's pretty significant. Like, I have Montgomery at 23, Herbert at 37, so 15 spots between the guys. I get it. Herbert scored the touchdown last week on the one pass, but ultimately – you know, David Montgomery's playing 57% of the snaps, um, you know, 15 for 62. It just, we all like Khalil Herbert more, but we're not Matt Eberflus. And so it does feel like who's got the more guaranteed workload, it feels like David Montgomery to me. In negative game script, you don't love either of these guys. Again, both guys outside the top 20 for me, but I have Montgomery ranked ahead of Herbert this week. Negative game script, but at the same time, I'm not sure that it matters for the Bears. <laughs> just run it anyway. Remember what happened yeah, against are. Green Bay in week two where they yeah, were down yeah, yeah. big and they just fields out 11 passes. I think they just run, run, run. Jay, obviously been a, a 
tough year for Darnell Mooney, only averaging 7.1 fantasy points per game. Is he in sit range for you, full sit range for I you? I think so against the Cowboys. I feel yeah. pretty bad about Mooney and my flex. At the same time, like outside of this week, I think there is scope for him to return some value at some point. Uh, particularly, yes, 7.1 per game, that, that's terrible. First game was a monsoon against the Niners. Second game, they never threw against the Packers. So I do think that he has some upside, but this week against that defense, I'm not super interested in Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I mean, he comes in at wide receiver 30 for me. You're hoping yep. for one big play here. The Cowboys are the number one scoring defense in the NFL over the last four weeks. And so Mooney, who, you know, doesn't have a lot of competition for targets. I mean, you know, it's Equinemius St. Brown, right? I mean, like... The Cowboys will focus on stopping Darnell Mooney in this one. He's not getting a ton of targets. He's actually 28th among all wide receivers in terms of total targets over the last month. Like, so it's just, you know, it's not a high-volume passing offense, as we know. They, they like to run. So, again, Mooney comes in at 30 for me. You hope for one big play. The issue with Mooney is he's made big plays. He's had yeah. big catches. He's still not providing <laughs> much value. Moving over to the AFC, Jets-Patriots, a game of confusing backfields, fellas. And uh, obviously, Brees Hall down. The Jets make the trade for James Robinson, although Robert Sala this morning did not commit to James Robinson playing. Do you competently start Michael Carter, Jay? I think you do. And look, Connor, obviously, I'm the Jets man. Yes, of course. My, uh, Jets shirts yeah, here. You've back, gone away from the back Jets Back to a different today. era. Titans. Yeah, yeah exactly. Titans of New York. But uh, I think you start Michael Carter confidently. I think that with the usage that we expect him to get in the pass game, we don't really know what the run, the first, second down is going to look like. There'll be a lot more James Robinson there, obviously, than on third down. But, yeah, I think that you're starting Michael Carter. James Robinson, probably more of a wait and see. But, like, what are you hearing from the Jets, Connor? Yeah, I, I wonder if some of that also is the knee thing he was dealing with with Jacksonville where they don't want to put him in a new system coming off where he's a little banged up and throw him into the fire I think this game you confidently start Michael Carter I think he's in for a big day against a run defense that has had a lot of ups and downs more yeah they've been really rough but uh long term what do you think of James Robinson yeah I mean I was just gonna say to your point about Michael Carter Patriots have allowed at least 70 yards from scrimmage to a running back in four straight games now as well Robinson either will be active in this game and maybe not play that much or won't be active as well, to your point. Robert Sala not saying he's definitely playing this week. Got to get him up to speed. Michael Carter's had six different games where he's had at least 15 touches. He's averaging 17.9 fantasy points per game. I think there's a very good chance he gets at least 15 touches in this one against the Patriots. Long term, I think, ultimately, once Robinson gets up to speed, he's a, you know, he's in that lower-end RB2 territory. He's not going to be Brees Hall. Uh, and but Carter becomes a viable flex. Yeah, they love Carter at the goal line, yeah. which is kind of funny for a five foot seven running back. Yeah, I don't, never understood that. Never really gets lost that. behind the line of scrimmage, yeah, find the so. hole, cut through. Let's look <laughs> at the other backfield in this game. The Patriots, uh, obviously, Ramondre Stevenson has really taken off this year. That was one of your summer faves, Ramondre St- Stevenson. I, I was, I, I was big on the. I don't understand why Damian Harris is being ranked and drafted ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. I was. Ramondre was one of my big sleepers, and so far it's paid off. So far uh, on the season, he's a top 10 fantasy running back on a points-per-game basis. He comes in at running back 15 for me this week, right? Coming off career highs in receptions and receiving yards. He was used on every third down play against the Bears as well. He actually outsnapped Damian Harris 40-9. to Now, Harris, that was his first game back from injury, so I think you'll see Harris's usage increase. But... Stevenson now has played on 77% of the team's offensive snaps for three straight games, 
three rushing touchdowns. We talk about his passing game usage, but Stevenson actually has three rushing touchdowns in just the last two games. I think it's a nice matchup here with the Jets. You, know, like you don't love the matchup with the Jets, yeah. but I don't think it's one that scares you either. So, Well, I think with what Mac Jones has dealt with, they need to lean on the run. I mean, yeah. he just does not look comfortable. And you know if Bailey Zappi comes in, they will lean on the run for sure. So yep. back to the NFC, the Rams coming out of the bye week. Rams offense has not looked right all year, Dude. fellas. Is there any hope, Jay, that out of the bye week they finally turn things around? I wouldn't have thought so, yeah. no. No, I think this offensive line is just completely unviable. This Niners defense isn't what it was a few weeks ago when they destroyed the Rams. And also, the Rams do get Van Jefferson back, which I think is relatively important. for some. Van Jefferson isn't peak Jerry Rice or anything, but he does <laughs> at least give them a vertical element which should open up the field a little bit. But no, I don't think you're feeling good about Matthew Stafford. Stafford's QB 15 for me this week. Week two was the last time he had a multiple touchdown game. Yeah, while the 49ers may not be what they were, they're still a pretty good defense. I get it. The Chiefs kind of destroyed them. The Chiefs are a different story than the Rams here. So uh, Stafford, who has uh, five interceptions in his last three games against San Francisco, um, yeah, to me is just a mid-tier QB two. I can't imagine starting... Allen Robinson in this one. It's really Cooper Cup. That's what you're Cooper Cup, and if you were desperate, I could see uh, using Higby. Yep. We're going to take a break. When we are back, Roto World's Pat Corain joins us for Fantasy Rich and Fantasy Poor Matchups of the Weekend. So I want you to raise whichever one is the best. I'm going to ask you a question. You tell okay. me. Okay, ready? The better nickname. Oh. You gotta pick one. Okay, got you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm doing that on purpose. I'm doing it. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay. The better nickname. I like this one. Okay, it's pretty good. Everyone knows this guy. I know, I know. Okay, the best touchdown celebration. Oh. i never seen his yet, but. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. The wall. Yep. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, the better trash talker. Oh. By far. Woo! You don't want those problems? Love them. <laughs> Love them. That was Maria Taylor with Tua Tungavailoa talking Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill. You could find that full interview on the NFL on NBC YouTube channel where you can also rewatch this show yeah. if you desire. Or see clips. clips. You don't want all of it. You're like, ah, you know. Appetizer. Appetizer. Of the show. Just, yeah, YouTube shorts. A happy hour. There you go. Happy hour. I see what you did. A little, yeah. little appetizers, little apps. Hey, look who's here. Welcome in. Pat Corain from Roto World. If you're new to watching this segment, it's time for Fantasy Rich, Fantasy Poor. We do this every Friday now. The Fantasy Rich matchups, the Fantasy Poor matchups of Week 8. We like to start with the rich because you like to start with the good news. Yeah, sure. Of course, of course. Pat writes an article called the the walk... What is it? The The walkthrough. Walkthrough. I was going to say the walkthrough. I was going to say the breakdown. The breakdown's not right. The walkthrough, which goes through every single game in crazy detail. It's uh, up and it's uh, on uh, rotorworld.com, NBCSportsEdge.com. You do a great job with it every single week. So let's talk a couple here um, in terms of fantasy rich. Give us one fantasy rich matchup this week. Yeah, so I like the Lions and the Dolphins. Uh, the Lions, they just got. And see, we just did that. We did the thing with the Tua. That makes sense. There you go. Look at our the transitions on the show. I mean, just right. You know, I'm just. You saying. wouldn't know it's the end of the week. No. <laughs> the the Lions, you know, maybe not the most fantasy rich game environment. You know, if you were watching them against the Cowboys, right? Okay. But now they get uh, a Dolphins defense that's kind of like the Cowboys defense with the difficulty turned down. And, you know, very similar in terms of the pass rush is the strength of this defense, but they're vulnerable in the secondary. They're banged up in the secondary. And you can beat them with a quick passing game, which is a perfect fit, not just for how the Lions want to attack, but also for who we care about in fantasy. Then on the other side of this game, you have a Dolphins passing game 
that is actually in the games Tua Tagovailoa has finished fairly aggressive. They have a 6% pass rate over expected in those games. And that's really important because you can attack the Lions however you want. It's really up to the opposing offense. They don't defend the pass. They don't defend the run. They rank 32nd in efficiency allowed per dropback, 32nd in PFF's coverage grades. They have a weak pass rush. They're 31st in efficiency allowed per rush. So it's really up to you. If Mike McDaniel is aggressive in this game, we could see volume. We could see efficiency from the Dolphins, and that could help the Lions get pushed to the air as well. Barry, hearing all of that, on the Lions side of things, this is an offense that has had an up-and-down year. Is there anybody you like that gets a little bit of a matchup bump to take advantage of some of Miami's deficiencies on defense? I don't think so. Like To me, I mean, you're starting all the obvious guys. You're starting Amon Ross St. Brown. You're starting DeAndre Swift. You're starting TJ Hawkinson. I could see using Jamal Williams, who got a bunch of goal line work even when DeAndre Swift was active here. So I could see you using uh, Jamal Williams as a flex. He comes in at running back 27 for me this week. But I'm not sitting there going, well, oh, let me see if I can figure out a way to get Josh Reynolds yeah. in my lineup. You're yeah. not streaming Jared Goff necessarily. No, no, no. I mean, I have, I have Goff as a, as a QB2 this week. He's number 13 for me. Pat, on the Dolphins side, we know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are, aren't going anywhere from lineups. But Tua Moster, who's been incredible this year, although a little bit of a knee maintenance mm-hmm. this week. And then Kiseki is kind of a wild card as well. Is there anybody in that category that gets the bump? I think Mostert's a pretty strong start in this game environment. Like I said, you can run on the Lions, too. And if the passing game's going, they're scoring points, you know, that's going to be good for Mostert, too, even if he doesn't have a huge like volume workload. And that's not really his game anyway. He's an efficiency back. He's a speed back. He's coming off the second-highest snap share of the season so far, so I like him a lot. Jasicki, I mean, he's a play for a touchdown, but he has a pretty strong red zone role, so I think you can, you can put him in. Tight end's pretty weak this year. Lions defense are tied for the mo- third most touchdowns allowed to opposing tight ends as well. So, right, if you're, you're in that touchdown-dependent tight end mm-hmm. range where you're looking for a guy that needs to get into the end zone, Gusecki may be a pretty good bet as well. Moster, to your point, makes my love list this week, and two is a top-five play. One more fantasy-rich matchup this week. Cardinals traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by three-and-a-half points. The over-under line at 49 Pat, do you see a lot of vulnerable defense in this one? I do. I mean, the Cardinals' defense is quite vulnerable, and when the Vikings have been playing vulnerable secondaries, they've tended to be aggressive, entering their bye, playing the Dolphins. They had an 11% pass rate ever expected. They've been aggressive in those types of situations. Now they get a defense that ranks 31st in dropback success rate. They're 30th in PFF's coverage grades. They're 29th in PFF's pass rush grades. You can drop back against this defense frequently without worrying too much. I think we could see passing volume up in this game. I think we could see the Vikings passing efficiently. That could help the Cardinals get pushed to the air. The Cardinals have resisted getting pushed to the air. They were not interested in getting in a shootout with the Eagles. They've been run first this season. But that could change a little bit with DeAndre Hopkins back, with Robbie Anderson ramping up. They now have a chance to you know, click a little bit against a Vikings defense that ranks 31st in coverage grade. Barry, I remember Irv Smith appearing on the love list this week, so he's somebody that gets a little bit of a, uh, a matchup bump here. When you look at Minnesota's offense, is that the case for guys like Cousins and Thielen as well? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, certainly, I, you know, it's a as we as we said here, it's a it's a fantasy rich environment as well, and so we expect a lot of points to be scored. Cardinals are a bottom twelve pass defense over the last four weeks. I mean, look, as bad as Andy Dalton played last week against Arizona. He still was a top-five fantasy quarterback last week. And so Cousins, off of the bye, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. The game is not in prime time. The game is in Minnesota. 
two things that bode well for Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. Uh, I do think both guys are viable this week. Cousins, for me, comes in at, uh, at QB7. So I'm as a QB1 this week. And then Adam Thielen, for me, you know, obviously you're already starting uh, Justin Jefferson. I mentioned Irv Smith. We like tight ends against Arizona. Jawan Johnson, of course, with the two touchdowns last week against them. Adam Thielen, 29 for me this week. So top 30 play. Pat, on the Arizona side of things, Eno Benjamin and Rondell Moore, two interesting players from this that I think you outlined that can get a little bit of a boost here. Uh, how do you handle both of those guys going into this game? Yeah, I mean, Eno's played so well with Connor out that I think you'll, you'll continue to see him involved. Rondell Moore was in a tough spot last week. He's playing on the outside again. Greg Dortch was getting slot work. That is not where Rondell Moore should be, but I think that was because they just didn't want A.J. Green out there. If Robbie Anderson is in a full-time role, which he was not last week, he was around 20% of the routes last week, he could be up more like 50%, 60% of the routes. That means more slot snaps for Rondell Moore. I think he could be a big part of this game if it gets fun. The fantasy poor matchup of the week is in London. Sorry, London. I feel like you get a lot of these games handed to you. Broncos (laughs) at Jaguars. Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. The over-under below 40, it is at 39-and-a-half. Pat, what else do I need to say? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. We've got uh, a Broncos team that showed last week that Russell Wilson isn't the only problem. He's definitely not playing well, but this is a team that's actually been run first on first down, which means, you know, they're kind of prioritizing the run game. Now, the run game is terrible, so that's not a great thing to do. Uh, we also have a, an offense that's going to be very sleep-deprived after Russell Wilson was doing high knees the entire yeah, way right? to London. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to factor what else that needs in. To be said? <laughs> On the Jaguars side, Trevor Lawrence's accuracy has swung wildly week to week. He was quarterback 27 in completion percentage over expected last week. That was actually worse than Brett Ripien in his spot start for the Broncos. He's now going against an elite Broncos defense. Their first in efficiency allowed per dropback, first in dropback success rate, first in PFF's coverage grades. This is not the type of defense you want to test out your quarterback against if he's struggling with his ball placement. Given that, and given the fact that Travis Etienne is starting to emerge, I could see them going with a run-heavy type of game plan here. And if the Broncos are running inefficiently and too much on the other side, the clock could just be running, bleeding plays out of this game. Looking at this game that's got plenty of its offensive problems, who are the players that still you could start in a way that you don't bench because Denver's defense has been lights out? And the Travis Etienne. You're still sorry. That's the, the entire list. Yeah. That's it. I really no, think that's Sutton. the entire list. I have Sutton at 22. Okay. You probably are still starting him. Like, you know, like, I think last week's, you know. He got sauce. Lost yeah, in the he sauce. Got, he, got, he got lost in the sauce. Exactly. Sauce Gardner shut him down. I still prefer him. And weirdly, I, you know, damning with faint praise. But Russell Wilson is an upgrade over Brett Rippon. So, like, <laughs> you know, I, I think Sutton, again, he's a high-end wide receiver three for me this week. But that's normally lower than I would rank him this week. Christian Kirk made the hate list this week. Trevor Lawrence made the hate list. You're not starting um, You're not starting Russell Wilson. You don't feel great about either running back in this one. Mike Boone on the IR. So it'll be a committee between Gordon and Murray in a low-scoring game. Does one of them fall into the end zone? Sure, maybe. But you don't feel good about predicting which one it'll be. Gordon played more snaps last week, but Murray got the touchdown. Low-scoring game. Like, yeah, you're starting Travis Etienne. And that's it. A reminder to everybody, go to rotoworld.com, read Pat Corain's The Walkthrough for every matchup. you got the appetizer today. you got the three matchups. You could read every matchup. It's time for Last Call when we're back, and Austin Eckler will be joining hey, us. Let's go. Good stuff, man. Yep. <laughs> Last night I had my fantasy draft. It's a 20-person league. 
So, like, I had to make the, the picks like 15 seconds, so it wouldn't take hours. So, I was freaking 20th pick. We're about like round four, and I'm looking at my team. I'm not looking at like my players, I'm looking at like what positions I have. And it wasn't my team. And I was like, I was looking at the wrong team. And, <laughs> and so I was like, dang, I thought I picked up a kicker. And maybe like it, it didn't go through or something like that. And so then I go and I pick up another, another kicker. One. Oh. <laughs> another kicker. <laughs> That was Austin Eckler on not only picking two kickers, but have you ever played in a 20-person league? I never have. I've played in a 16-person league, but yeah, Michael Smith plays in these 20-team leagues. It's insanity. <laughs> You've like, never played in a 20-person league? Sure no. You've played in what thousands kind of, of leagues. What kind of show. players are on the bench in 20-person like leagues? I've played in a bunch league. of 16-team leagues. I've, I've, I've played in 16-team leagues, so anyway, I'm, you know... I don't think I've ever done a 20-person league. But, yeah, I mean, super deep. I like, just OIFA, you know? Not good. That's the official term, OIFA. 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 An OIFA league. Yeah, an OIFA league. Like, oi. Like, you look at the, the free agents, and you're like, ah, man, could, um, you know, so, I don't know. Um, I don't know what would, uh, you know, make you, motivate you to play in a 20-team league. Too many friends? Uh, but um, we can ask our next guest that. He is fantasy football royalty. He is he is not only the number one running back in fantasy, uh, in fantasy football, um, but he is, in fact, fantasy friendly. I don't know that there is a player in the NFL that is more friendly to fantasy players because he is one of us. He is one right? of it's us. Right, it's the meme, one of us, one of us. One uh, of us. Yes, one of us. <laughs> It is my fantasy ride or die from last year, Austin Eckler joining the happy hour. Thank hey. you, my friend. What's up, my friend? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Why were you in a 20-team league? We showed the clip of you from Hard Knocks before you joined the air, uh, before you got on the air. Um, yeah, you, you when know, I drafted two kickers on accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I have a, a big Twitch community, and they love fantasy football as well, so I try to get all of them as many as I can in the league. So that, that leads to 20 man leagues, which are brutal. I wouldn't recommend. So yeah, no, absolutely. I do not recommend it either. Cause I think, I feel like, like I played in a number of 16 team leagues and I think that's okay. But 20 just, it feels like it's not, it gets even so deep that it's just not fun at that point. It's literally yeah. just anyone with a pulse. Yeah, if if you are the you know team that has the least amount of injuries, you're probably gonna win because uh, one injury pretty much kills your team because there's no one else to pick up because there's no one available because uh, even a quarterback like there's some teams that don't even have a quarterback for their bye week because there's none available because they're all picked up. So Austin, you, you have oh no doubt like Austin, let me ask you this: um, you have you have been you know so um, you've embraced the fantasy football community in such a massive way, and I think the community has responded in kind, embracing you um, so much. So, and I know you you always campaign for fantasy managers to draft you in the preseason. So, my question is: I know you play. I want to know how many leagues are you in this year, and is there any league that you have where you don't have Austin Eckler on your roster? Yeah, so right now I have six different teams across just my my team, um, like my atmosphere, I guess. My foundation has a few teams, uh, has four, and then I have a personal one um, with my Twitch community, and then I have um, one with uh, Fab, uh, Michael Fabiano. Um, and I have myself in only two leagues. I tried to trade up for myself in uh, Fab's league. I, tra- I traded all the way up to number three, and I went number one overall. 
so it was like it was like that's cool but also i wanted to get myself uh so right now we're sitting with six teams and i have help i have a manager that helps me out because it is a lot uh, to keep up with as you know you all know keeping up with trades keeping up with injuries and things like that so right now uh i have one team my uh 20 man league team i am zero and seven because my first <laughs> and second round pick got hurt um so pretty much wait until next year on that league so and then i have some teams that are, are doing pretty well so it's a whole mix austin yeah. uh, i assume you won't be doing it this year given your rb1 but have you ever benched yourself in fantasy not a chance <laughs> never <laughs> never bench, bench austin eckler on fantasy <laughs> there you go that's a good rule to live by as a fantasy football player have you uh have you ever benefited from or had to sweat monday night miracles of a game you are playing in i mean every game is a sweat for me right like i have to go out there like i have to do my best regardless if i have myself on my fantasy if i need 30 points or 50 points or two points from me right i'm going out there because i know that there's a lot of people that are relying on me and i rely on myself for um other reasons right to continue to play at a high level so it's a sweat for me every day yeah have you ever like like you're going into like on a monday night game or sunday night game and you like you know you have yourself on your team and you're down in a matchup and you're like yo justin (laughs) I know. I look. I understand they just called an out to Keenan Allen, but give me the ball here. Listen, I, I got to help myself. Come on. Have you ever? Have you ever campaigned? Share. I get my fair. I've never had that scenario. Uh, even if I did, I get the ball enough that I'm yeah. gonna make it happen. I'm gonna get it done. So uh, that wouldn't be the case. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, let's hey, listen. Let's talk a little bit of Chargers offense here. You get it as a fantasy manager, so you guys are in a buy. Um, I have a couple questions here about the offense. Sort of a two-parter one. One number one is is that I think it's obviously benefited you. You're on pace to have more receptions than an NFL running back in history. But it feels like Justin just isn't throwing downfield as much as he used to in the past. Is that is that how teams are playing you? Is that a is that a scheme uh, reason? Is that because you guys have been banged up the wide receiver position? Talk to me a little bit about Justin's play, and then play that forward because now you're without Big Mike for a few weeks. Yeah, so you know you're hitting on a lot of the different factors. You know, this is football. It's a very, I guess, complicated game when it comes to things that affect us as an offense. Um, it, injuries are a big one. Um, our ability to run and pass is a big one, and so our our inability to run, you know, this far in the season has really, I think, uh, factored into our our success. Um, it allows teams just to keep six in the box and play too high. So they're going to say, "Hey, we're, we're going to make you run the ball against us. If you can't do that, we're ready. We're ready for the pass, and we're not going to let you throw it deep. So you're going to have to dump it down to the flat. So as a consequence, guess who's catching all the flat balls? Well that's me in the flat. So it's not, it's not, I would say the best thing that I'm catching all these balls. I would rather see, you know, Mike Dub, you know, Josh Palmer, Keenan, these guys that are running down the field, catching balls. And, you know, every once in a while, check it down to me if protection breaks down. Um, So it's not really great that I'm catching these balls. I mean, I'll take it. I got to make something happen, but uh, (laughs) preferably I would like it going down the field. But I think that's what the factors, um, us not being able to have an efficient run game, some injuries um, have really played a factor into making us really predictable. And when you're predictable, it's not it's not great a great time in the NFL because then they're just waiting for you and they're going to force you to beat them some other way. Yeah, you mentioned injuries, Austin, and I assume one of the biggest injuries has been to Rashawn Slater, who wasn't just one of the best rookies in football last year, but also just one of the best offensive linemen. Full stop. How do you think the offense is adjusting without Rashawn for the time being? Yeah, you know we've had Jamari come in and step up, but it's it's really hard to replace or 
nearly impossible to replace, you know, pro bowlers. Um, and we've had many of them, you know, with Joey Bosa that's gone down. Um, Keenan Allen's been sitting out, you know, finally got some reps this last game. And so when you have guys like that and, you know, guys that you're paying too, that just came in JC now, you know, just had his injury. Uh, what you really lose is a high level of consistency. You know, Jamari's been playing well, been playing uh, at a high level, but is he going to be able to maintain that throughout the year? Time will tell. We don't know. But we know with Rashawn, we know what to expect from him. You know, for Joey, those guys, we know what to expect from them. Um, so that's really what the biggest, I guess, uh, downfall is when it comes to injuries. You, you expect guys to step up, but you all honestly understand that, okay, we don't know what to expect from these guys that are stepping up. It could be a high level. It could not. It's an opportunity. And so there's so much uncertainty there. So going forward, you know, we have some new guys that are going to be having some new new roles on the team. And now it comes down to us just competing and seeing how these guys are going to play out um, and trying to get us in the best position to compete at a high level. Because we're sitting at four and three. We have a lot of injuries. Rashawn Slater is one of those. Um, and guess what? The NFL doesn't care. We got to keep going. We got 10 games that we got to go out there and put the best thing that we can together on the field. So that's what it'll be for these next 10 weeks. And we'll see uh, how we come up, you know, week to week. All right, Austin. So let me ask you this. You're a fantasy manager yourself. So as you hit the waiver wire, you get it. So as, as the Chargers come out of the bye, you just mentioned you guys don't want to be as predictable. You've got to start mixing things up here. Obviously, tough injury to Mike Williams, who's going to miss a number of weeks here. You do get Keenan back. But who do we want to pick up? Do we want to pick up Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter? We're we going to see some more Gerald Everett. You get it. We're asking this. Come on. Who are we picking up from the Chargers yeah, uh, while Mike Williams, is, Mike Williams is out? You know, if I'm looking at our roster, just looking at the past of what's happened, um, you know, Josh has been playing a part in our uh, role, you know, or in our in our game. But I feel like he more so plays that that Mike Williams spot. If you, if, you know, if you pay attention to anything that's going on with the Chargers, and so now that Keenan's back, you know, Josh is going to be back um, on the outside for us, you know, running down the field. Um, and we'll have Keenan back in the short intermediate, you know, doing his thing, man on man. And so I'm picking up Josh Palmer if I can. If he's out there, I'm picking him up. Austin, you were Matthew Berry's ride or die last season. Were you, number one, were you aware of that? And two, did it play a part of your RB3 finish last season and RB1 overall performance this season? That's you a know, big I, title. I'm sure I saw it a few times. Uh, there's a lot of people that were, you know, you know, riding the train of Austin just because I was scoring touchdowns. And so, you know, I appreciate all the love. That's why I do all these different shows for fantasy. That's why I give so much uh, love back to the community. That's one of the reasons anyway. And so I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Matthew. And uh, even this year, man, I've, I've been feeling the support. That's why, I've, you know, I gave you a follow. You know, I'm, I, now I follow the show. Now, you know, I've been I've been in your comment section a couple of times, commenting back to people uh, that you that you mentioned uh, when you've mentioned me and things like that. So I I'm a fan as well. To be clear, thank you, Austin. I appreciate that, and I have resisted sliding into your DMs. I, I may, I may still do it once in a while, but I have yet, I have yet. Uh, but I do appreciate the follow. I have resisted, I have resisted into sliding into DMs. I will say this though, I was you, you were my preseason fantasy ride or die last year. Preseason, everyone jumped on the bandwagon afterwards, but I, everyone was like, Austin Eckler's not going to uh, score touchdowns, and I was just like, oh no, 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 Lombardi is going to make him his Camara. Like they are going to. This is a guy that. Two years ago, scored double-digit touchdowns. Like, it's not that he doesn't have the ability. It was just the offense. Um, and so, I was on the bandwagon before it was cool, Austin. I just want okay. credit I appreciate there. that. appreciate that. <laughs> One right. of the OGs. So, so I'm sure you've heard, uh, as you know, fantasy team names are always a big thing here. We want to run some fantasy football team names inspired by you, by you, and get a thumbs up, thumbs down, whether you approve it or not. Uh, this one's an obvious one. X marks the st- spot. X obviously spelled E-C-K-S. 
or EKS, or they spell yeah. my last name wrong? No, no, it's no. E-K. Yeah, it said E C, or they do that's E K. A, that, the, what it says on my screen is they they spelled it wrong with an E C K S. Oh, then that's yeah, a thumbs but, down. Yeah, that's, that's a thumbs a, down. Yeah, you gotta get the last name. You gotta get the name right. E K E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on, come on. What about X Factor? X gone. Give it to you. I don't mind that. Yep. 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 Double thumbs up there. Austin Powers. I feel like that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eck learning curve. That's a new one. I've not heard of that one. I'll give it a thumbs up. Okay. There we go. There we go. Uh, rated X. Rated X. Wow. EKS. That's cool. I like it. I like it. It's fair. You do some dirty stuff on the field. Austin Eckler, we love you. Thanks for joining us so much. We appreciate you. Have a great season for the happy hour. We'll see you on Sunday. Peace out.